Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all 7 continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. Hello friends. So I was asked the other day, what's it like being shot at? Um, so if you didn't catch me on Sean's podcast, I suggest watch that. Just to reiterate for mine, yeah, I've been shot at or had a gun pulled on me probably more times than I care to imagine, really. Um, I'll just run you through them, just tell you a, a, a bit about it. So first time was in Northern Ireland. I served in the Marines. I was over the water in the Northern Ireland conflict in Belfast, and we were a floating reserve unit called the Commando Reserve. And so there were 16 of us in this Commando Reserve. And one day we were attached to a company called Lima Company, 4-2 Commando Marines. We, we were all in 4-2 Commando, but we were attached to this company. And it was because it was voting night in Belfast. And the IRA traditionally will always try and interrupt the voting because obviously the voting is a British system and they're Irish Republicans. So we went out on patrol and we were we approached a park in the Ardoin area of Belfast, which is a hardened nationalist stronghold. It's where many IRA, Irish Republican Army volunteers have been recruited over the years, right? And I should just say now, I don't do politics about, I was I was 19 years old. I didn't really have the right to think I knew what was going on and I didn't know what was, you know, I knew the basics. I knew a bit about the history. I don't have any stance on it now because um, I believe in peace and I believe in talking and communication. I believe that humans are clever enough to sort out their differences, right? Again, that's another story. So we're over there. We went out the gate of patrol. When you go out the gate, you always pepper pot. So it's like that. You zigzag. You zigzag. Um, so you'd run like that, take cover behind these. You used to have these big boulders outside the, the camp to stop car bombs driving up and parking. Run out, zigzagging, take cover behind this big boulder. Your buddy would run across the road. And you just get away from the camp because that's when you're going to get sniped at, right? Because they know you're coming out that gate. Anyway, we got up into the Ardoin. Uh, we had an army guy attached to us from the unit that had served before us because we were new to this. They call it the ground, right? And he said, fellas, we're not going to go up this pathway. It's renowned for IEDs, exposed improvised, um, improvised explosive devices, right? So booby traps. So we'll break into diamond formation. We'll go across the park. And just as my feet touch that grass, Suddenly it's bang, 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 bang. All these rounds going off. And I'm looking down at my feet and the grass is pinging up like this. We took cover behind this building. And when I look back, trying to locate locate the sniper, my buddy, Jock, uh, Jock who's the tail end Charlie, that's the guy at the rear, obviously. He sparked out in the middle of this park, in the middle of this grass. And his equipment's been flung off him right or it's it's the distance from him so i started running back out because i've got the first aid kit and i'm just that kind of guy that if my buddy's been hit i'm gonna go and grab him right before the sniper can get some more rounds into it 
And as I started running back, he put his head up, looked around, and you could see the shock in his eyes, grabs his equipment, and comes running over. He's, got, he's like, I'm hit, I'm hit, I'm hit. Got him on the ground behind this, this like hut in the middle of this this park, and I'm ripping open his his flat jacket. I'm and I'm like, George, you're not fucking hit, mate. You're not hit. So I am. I'm hit. I'm hit. I'm hit. And I'm like, dude, you're not fucking hit. I can't find any holes. By this time, our commander had got on the radio, and he's radioing through, contact, casualty, wait out. Jock is going, I'm not hit, I'm, I'm, I'm hit, I'm hit, I'm hit. I'm saying, no, you're not. The commander's going, no, sorry, no, we haven't got a casualty. And eventually the, the CO was like, Corporal, have you got a casualty or not? It was it's quite confusing, you know. So it turned out they'd taken the family of this house hostage during the day, the IRA, put a sniper up in a, in a bedroom. He, they call it doing the snipe. He'd done the snipe out the window. And he'd obviously hit George. The first round went through the the sling on his weapon. The second round took the elect the aerial off his electronic equipment. The first round slammed into his chest. It didn't even hit the fiberglass plate that's there to protect your heart. It hit above it, but because the seven point six two Kalashnikov fires a sh- what's called a short round, it didn't have the impact to go through the vest. George just ended up with this this massive bruise, right? And uh, yeah, so we followed up to where we thought this sniper was. And George, in his confusion, Jock, sorry, in his confusion, he thought it was this completely different place. And the irony was where I thought it was, that's where it was. We couldn't have got any rounds down anyway. Not just that it's a you know civilian area or a housing area, but you're not going to see these guys. They are so well trained. He'll be like lying on a bed, say like a raised bed, like a bunk bed with a blanket over him. The curtains will be drawn to like that much, just enough for him at the back of the room in the darkness to see through that gap and wait for you, wait for you to come in the field. The only reason he did the shoot is we didn't have any mobile cover. We had no vehicles out. We should have had two vehicles, satellite and our patrol. The IRA, obviously watching the barracks through, there used to be CB radios back in the days before mobile phones, right? Watching the barracks, obviously saw our vehicles hadn't gone out. That's why they took this opportunity. So what was it like that moment when you start hearing bang, 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 and you know you're being shot at? And we were in open, we were in the middle of open ground, right? Um, takes a split second to realise what's happening, it just for your brain to work. And then instantly, we just followed the drills we'd been taught taught in training, and we'd gone through hundreds of times. The corporal shouted, "Take cover!" And that, and just hearing that, you'll cock your weapons and take your safety catches off, right? And then we just ran for this building. So it wasn't panic. I wasn't frightened because I hadn't been shot yet, right? You know, if I got shot, I'd probably start getting a bit frightened, but I'm not bothered until I get hit. Um, probably uh, somewhere between excitement, adrenaline, and just doing my job, right? But I'll be honest, I'm, they, they say everyone's afraid when they go to war. You go on active service, as we called it, but I never was. I really enjoyed it, to be honest. I guess a different scenario, maybe I'd have thought. 
things would have felt different, right? That was that. We were back out on the ground the next very next day, probably later that day. It was just we had a job to do and we went and did it. Second time, I had um, I was leading the patrol. So even though I was a Marine, my corporal had asked me to lead the patrol. It was in the countryside. And as I stepped into a gateway, this sniper's round just flicked by my face. I, I, you, I heard the crack of the shot from the rifle and I felt this round go across my face. So again, same scenario, take cover. And Jock and I, we just pepper potted up this field. So we're running as fast as we can getting down into cover, he's running, I'm running, and we came out on this road, I was absolutely exhausted. I think I said this to Sean, it's so funny, you can be being shot at, or at least the threat is you're going to get shot at, you can be absolutely exhausted. You'd think adrenaline would take over, right? But no, I was just like, <sighs> absolutely hanging out my backside. We jumped out into this country lane, there was a car parked about 200 meters up and I was all for just running straight towards it we obviously cocked our weapons um, and apprehending the driver or if it was going to turn into a firefight then it was going to shoot the guy right or guys sometimes occasionally it's women IRA recruit women there's no like discrimination there right so as I'm going to run Jock grabs me and says Chris it could be a come on that car could be full of explosives. It could just be waiting for you to approach and boom, it's going to go up and take as much of the patrol out as it can, right? And as we're having this conversation, the car, it just moved off anyway. The next thing, car comes the other way and I'm thinking maybe it's the same car. So I've just got my rifle and I'm just put, stood in the road pointing it at this car coming on. The guy didn't see me, and right at the last minute he did, and he slams the brakes on, skids to a halt like that, and I'm seriously, my mind's just on double computer time. Is he driving at me? Fortunately, I gave him the benefit of the doubt, and it would have been tragic if I hadn't, but it didn't happen, so let's not even... And it was a taxi, and the guy absolutely... Yeah, he messed himself, you could say. It wasn't... It was a quite a full-on situation the third time i i didn't get shot i had a gun pulled on me was in portugal it's coming back from a bar really really smashed with a mate of mine and we saw this big old like mansion house in the woods and in this stupid drunken state we decided we'd go up and knock on the door and see if anyone was home and if if they were going to invite us in it was absolutely ridiculous it was just the alcohol um talking obviously or acting really stupid thing to do i don't know what they were going to do when they opened the door and there's two drunk marines on their doorstep but nobody answered the door so i said let's go around the back see if there's like another entrance right so we went around the back of this this big old sort of mansion house a security guard appeared so me and my buddy we just crashed in this ditch it was like a it was like a ditch underneath the the back of the house if it made sense not like a moat but just like a ditch that was behind the house and we crashed in it and this security guard went to walk by and just as he got parallel he went and he spotted us pulled out his pulled out his pistol just like you see on those kind of movies where it's huh, huh, and 
we just took that cue, seeing his panic and his indecisiveness to just bomb burst out there. And we ran hard as we fast as we could. There was a fence around this this house and it must have been six foot high. It wasn't it wasn't barbed wire, but it was like rate spiky railings. This time our adrenaline was was flowing. I mean this guy was just right behind us, right? He's only got to pull the trigger and one one of us could be injured, crippled or dead, right? We both just flew over this fence without even touching it and um and ran off down the street. But yeah, another uh stupid drunken incident. Anyway, that's it. That's the times I've been shot at. Cheers. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username, Chris Thrall. Instagram, Chris.Thrall. Thank you.